Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, and I can I mean I'm so excited about today's show. One, it is my 50th show here at NRM Streamcast. So thank you, David. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you for, for 50 incredible shows. Um, I, I can't thank the family here at NRM Streamcast enough for allowing me to come here and hang out with them every single week. Hey, listen, if you want to binge watch, let's just say you are just starting, you just started watching the show. Man, there is 49 other shows that you can go binge watch. You can go to nrmstreamcast.com and look up Motivational Cowboy. You can go to Motivational Cowboy com and you can go to my podcast page and you can watch all of them you can binge watch for days with the motivational cowboy anyways that's enough about me uh we have mr bill melbach in the house again today uh hanging out with me in the studio and uh man number 50 bill it is kind of a big deal you oh, know absolutely. what i mean yeah, 50 for, for sure. anything in life yeah, you absolutely. know what i mean i know that we don't know what to the age 50 because we're under 50 you look great for 50 by the way I'm oh, not... oh, oh, 50 shows. Okay, okay. 50 shows. <laughs> but, but when we were talking about, uh, you know, who I'm going to have on the show, I want it to yeah. be somebody special. Oh, yeah. And I can't tell you, you know, we talk about everything's big in Texas. Yes. Well, there's some big <laughs> attitudes in Texas. And, 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 and coming in um, on the show with me today is a good friend of mine, known this guy for a long, long time from NASCAR. He's a good friend of mine. Please welcome Mr. Brian Brown in the house and his grandmother, Josie. How are you guys? Hey, Johnny, we are so happy to be here. Man, what, hey, what's the weather like in Texas today? It's, it's beautiful. There's not really a cloud in the sky, so it's a beautiful day out here. That is so awesome. Hey, Brian, I can't thank you and your grandmother enough for, for giving me the opportunity to hang out with you and the listeners, the watchers, um, because you have such an incredible story, Brian, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you know you're you're able to come on the show and we can share your story to millions of other people. So thank you so much for coming on the show and telling your story, Brian. Those are the the, the uh, men and women that are that are watching you right now. Obviously, they see that you are in a wheelchair, and yes. uh, you have cerebral palsy. Correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. So, Brian, before we kick off the show, I want to introduce you to my co-host today, Mr. Bill Melbach. So, Bill, say hello to Brian. How you doing, Brian? And Grandma Josie. <laughs> so, we are, hey, Brian, this is, a, you know, just a, just a fun show, um, but I want to jump right into this, and, um, and I, I want to talk about, you know, right from the beginning, I, I, I guess I'd maybe ask you or your grandmother what you were like as a child, because this is something you were born with, correct? Yes, sir. I was I was born with this, and I actually, when I was born, I was three months premature, and it was I weighed two pounds and two ounces. Wow, oh. man! That's... Actually, my daughter had you beat. She was only one pound fifteen ounces. That's right. She was a preemie too. Yeah, she was a preemie too. So, Brian, you had a pound and a half on Bill's daughter because she yeah. was only a pound and a half. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to, I had to make it interesting. That's right, exactly. <laughs> so, so Grandma Josie, what was it like uh, when 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 Brian finally did come home from uh, the hospital? Oh, Brian came home as a butterball. He <laughs> <laughs> was the biggest little uh, baby that you ever seen. You can even see his feet. They were so fat. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 
and you did say he he came home as a pistol, right? Yes, yes, that too. I mean, yeah. he's been incredible since you know he's been raised by us. It's just been it's just amazing that what a blessing he's been to us. How he's growing still. Well, I just want to say, you know. Um, uh, Granny um, and, and, and Brian, I just want to say that, you know, you have been a blessing in my life as well. Um, Brian, you talk about somebody that is inspirational, motivational. Um, I can't wait for, for the men and women to hear your story. So you came home, you were a butterball. Um, when did you realize that you were a little bit different than all the other kids? You know, Johnny, it's funny that you say that because... The way I was raised, I didn't have the chance to feel, as you say, quote-unquote different because from a very early age, my grandmother always instilled in me the fact that, yes, I might be a little different physically, but in the grand scheme of things, I was just normal like everybody else, and I just happened to use a wheelchair to get around. So if you're asking me what it was like to feel different. I don't know because I never was put in an environment to know what different means. It was never left out, in other words. I yeah, love that. Yes. I love so. that. You know, and Bill, we were just talking about that too. And, and you know what, Brian was raised saying that, you know, there is nothing different about you. That's right. No, we love you for who you are, what you're about. And um, I mean, Brian, you know, some of your big, biggest accomplishments at a young age uh, that I know about, I mean, you were on the honor roll at high, in, in high school. I mean, you had a 4.0 in high school. What was high school like for you, Brian? Well, you know me, Johnny. I've always liked this, a challenge and I've always looked at school or really anything academic that I've done always as a challenge. And I always wanted to beat the challenge that I was faced with. And that included school, that included really everything I've ever done. So I always enjoyed the challenges of high school and even even moving into college because I always I always embraced the challenge for sure. I love it. Now now Brian, was did academics come easy for you or is it something that you really had to work on? Really, I've been blessed because mentally, I've always been pretty sharp. So really, <laughs> academic came easy for me. I, I can't say that I struggled. In fact, like I said, going back to what I said just a few seconds ago, I always embraced the challenge. So the harder things were academically, the more I liked it. Okay. with speed. He was what, Granny? He was born with a speed. Oh, he had yeah. this in the beginning. And <laughs> <laughs> college was no different either, Brian. I mean, you, you graduated college on the honor roll as well. Yes, I did. You know, in my whole college career, I had one C. The rest were A's and B's all the way wow. through. You had to throw that in there. I mean, I was lucky to get a C. <laughs> he was complete. Now, 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 let me ask you this, Brian. What was your motivation 
for 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 being that guy was it what what was it that you wanted you know you couldn't play sports so you wanted to be that guy that 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 could show everybody that hey you know what I might have a disability but I want to show you that I'm smart and I'm all these other things well you know Johnny you know my fandom as a NASCAR fan so I always told myself if I made an A that was me going to victory lane. If I'm nice. B, that was me getting a top five. Anything nice. less than a top five was a flat tire. So I always tried to be for a top five. And that's the mindset I took. And it served me well. Now, now, now let me ask you this, Brian. Um, was it something that your grandmother instilled in you that, hey, listen, you need to come home with good grades? I mean, you know, was it something that at home that you you had to work a little bit harder because you know that, you know, granny would be mad at, and upset with you if you didn't come home with a good grade because she knows that you had it inside you to do well? Let me let me tell you this. Johnny. Yes, she wanted me to do as well as I possibly could. But nobody put more pressure on me than I put on myself because I knew what I was capable of. And so I wanted to uphold good grades for my own standards and my own way of looking at things. Brian, you you accomplish more by 9 a.m. than most people do all week. Uh, me and Bill were talking about this before the show today. And uh, just the struggles of, of getting out of bed for you. Um, you know, is is a feat in, its, in itself. People complain all all the time about things that they don't have or they can't do or they wish they had this or they wish they had that. But Brian, the the um, the excitement that you bring in my life, um, just to watch what you do by 9 a.m. is just incredible. And I, I again, I can't thank you for the inspiration. But well, let me ask you this, Brian: Could you walk through your typical? Uh, morning and afternoon so people can realize what you really go through? Sure I can, sure I can. Well, you've heard me talk about that I'm pretty sharp mentally. I'm very blessed in that regard. But physically is where I need a lot more help because I have to depend on my caregiver, which is my wonderful granny, to get me up out of bed in the morning with the help of some equipment that we have. Uh, because when I was younger, she could do it on her own. She could do it by her own abilities. But as I've gotten older, and as I've eaten a lot more, you know, I never miss a meal. She had <laughs> some equipment. But what, what, I, what happens is, she gets me up in the morning using a lift. She obviously helps me get dressed. She puts my clothes on. She brushes my teeth. So physically, oh, and she also feeds me because she, she never wants to let me starve. So <laughs> everything physically, she basically does for me. Physically, I can't do much on my own. So I'm so blessed and so fortunate to have somebody like my grandmother who can step in and you know, Tony, I have to say this about her. She's been helping me my whole life and never once have I heard her complain or say why me because she looks at it as a privilege, but she can expand more on what she goes through with me because 
And those that don't know Granny, in 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 let me in, let, in, let me tell you, if she's five foot tall, I, I'm being nice about it because I mean she is not a very tall woman at all. Granny, how tall are you? I'm four nine. You're four nine. See that that that's what I mean. And and she's tiny. And 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 but 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 you are just an amazing woman. Is Brian Granny? Let me ask you this: Is Brian a morning person? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you, do you? Is does he ever wake up grouchy? Uh, maybe if I if I wake him up a little later than what he wants to get up. <laughs> really? He's so ready. he wants to get up early. He wants to get up early. Now I want to sleep maybe a little, you know, maybe not fifteen twenty minutes later, and he'll say, "I'm up." <laughs> That's his words. I'm up. Hey, Brian, if you would, you just said a few minutes ago that your grandmother is your caregiver. Um, if you could, Brian, walk us through, uh, you know, I, I understand you were a preemie. Um, you know, I, you are, you know, um, you talk to your mother and stuff. Now, why is your grandmother, you know, why did you move in with, 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 with Granny? Well, when my mom remarried, her husband was from Florida, so, and she was very young when she remarried. So again, my grandmother stepped up to the plate, and she she told my mom, she said, "Why don't you go to Florida, get settled in with your new life there, and then you can send for Brian later." But I told her, I said, "I'll go with my mom if you come with me too." I love it. And, she, and Granny said, and no way. She said, no way. Said, my, my life is here. My home is here. So ultimately what we decided to do, because if I would have went with my mom, Johnny, I would have had to start pretty much my whole life over. So it was just easier for me to stay here. Because my school was here. My doctors were here. Everything I knew was here. So we just decided for me to stay here that way I wouldn't have to uproot my whole life and move uh, to a new place. I love and I it. would say that it felt for the best. But with that being said, I have a fantastic uh, relationship with my mother. Oh, yeah. She's uh, a wonderful I, woman. I've met her several times. Yeah, I, I love her to death. So. And she's actually living here with us now. So she moved back. And so... We're just one, uh, one half interesting and entertaining family. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, That's you know, awesome. Brian and Granny, um, you know, before I get into your accomplishments and stuff like that, Brian, the one thing that me, you and your grandmother and your mother have in common is not just NASCAR, but the one thing that we also have is our faith. And faith has been such a big part of your life. Has that always been a part of your life? Is that something that your grandmother instilled in you? Was the faith? Was the church? Or is that something that you found by yourself? Um, so talk a little bit about your guys' faith. Johnny, uh, since I can remember, I've been in church. So the church for me has always been a good place to be. Now, obviously, as I've gotten older, 
my faith is getting deeper because I've studied and I've, I've grown in my faith on my own, but I was in a position at a very early age to be fostered in the church. There's really no place I'd rather be. So my faith, you, you're going to talk about my accomplishments a little later in the show, but my faith is really the driving force behind everything. I love it. I love it. Not not that, um, you know, I, I, I said that, you know, we have our faith. We said that we have church. But we also have you being a motivational speaker, me being, being a motivational speaker. Brian, was the first time you ever spoke, was it at church or was it at a school? Was it at an event? Was Is church what got you into becoming a motivational speaker? I'll tell you what, Johnny, this is a really great story. So I'm glad you're giving me the opportunity to share it with you. But I used to ride horses uh, for physical therapy. Yep. And my instructor at the time, she was also the executive director of the organization where I rode the horses for therapy. She actually invited me to go speak to the incarcerated youth at a juvenile detention center in Longview, Texas, which is about 15 wow. minutes away from my house. So that was my first experience as far as hearing God's call for me to be a uh, speaker and to serve him in that way, because I'll be honest with you, I set a goal before I went in there. I set a goal with myself and I said, if I can say something through the grace of God that will allow one of these kids to take the message to heart, that's mission accomplished. And I'll have to tell you, I spoke with them about about 45 minutes, I would say, and, and the general message was, be thankful for what you have. Don't settle for it your way of life. Be thankful for what you have because look where you are. Look where you are. You're, you've made decisions that have put you in this position to be behind bars. And ha think about me. Think about how how blessed I would feel if I had a good, a good body like you guys. Yeah. Yeah, being a great mentor. So, Brian, let me ask you this, and, and I'm being funny now when I when I say this, but I have to ask: Your first speaking gig was at a juvenile, you know, facility. Have you ever been in trouble for anything, Brian, besides being in trouble with your grandmother, or have you always been just a great kid? You know, <laughs> I, I've been accused, but I haven't been charged. Let me say. I've been accused, but I haven't been charged. And let I me tell you the story. The story is, I was uh, I was waiting for my grandmother to pick me up from high school one day, and so I was in my normal spot. I was in my normal spot, and she comes storming out of the van, and she tells me, she says, "Get in the van." And I said, okay, what did I do? She said, don't talk to me, you know what you did. <laughs> I said, Granny, what did I do? She said, 
you grounded it from TV, you grounded it from PlayStation, you grounded it from all your fun stuff. I said, Granny, please tell me what I did. I said, I didn't do anything. She said, how come you didn't tell me you got sent to detention? I said, what? I said, I've never been to detention my whole life. So when we got home, Johnny, she sent me a pink slip. She showed me a pink slip that she got in the mail. And, and I look at it. And I said, Granny, look at that again. I said, that does, that says Brian Browning with the ING, not Brian Brown. So they, so, bad. so they sent somebody else's pink slip to the wrong address, which was mine. And I got chewed out for it. <laughs> Brian, so. look, you know, I, I you know, it, it's... It's, it's, it's tough sometimes to ask tough questions to you, but Bill, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like this guy literally has the perfect life, right? I mean, he, he has a mother that loves him. He has family that loves him, a grandmother that loves him, a church that loves him, a school that loves him. I mean, this guy literally has it together, right? Absolutely. So I'm a lot just of blessings. One, I, I, I'm, yeah, a lot of blessings, right? Yeah. But I'm wondering one thing. I'm wondering one thing, and this is going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to ask him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, if it, it, has there ever been any drama in Brian's life at all? I mean, Johnny, I'm just curious, Brian. Has there ever been any drama in your life? I I have never shared this story with you. Well, don't but, worry. There, there's nobody listening right now. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> a few of our closest friends. That's right. But I never shared this story with you. But now's a good time as, as any time would be. When I was in college, going after my associate's degree, it was finals week. And I swear to this day, I tell people, all the professors got together for finals week and they said, since this is Brian's last week with us, let's make his life as miserable as possible. I swear <laughs> that's what they were thinking because anything and everything that you could think of that would be due for finals, yeah. it was due. I had book reports, I had essays, I had research papers, anything and everything. And you'll have to bear with me because I always tear up when I tell this story. But for the first time, I put God on the back burner. And I said, God, I said, I've waited for you to help me, like physically, and you've never been there. So I, I'm just going to put you on the shelf for a little while, and I am going to handle things myself. Well, obviously, that didn't work out so well. Uh, because the more I tried to stay on top of things, the, the harder it got for me. But I got to tell you, Johnny, God said no. I'm not letting you go. And what he did, he came to me in a dream that night. It's all right, buddy. You're yeah. making me and, tear up, too. Yeah, well, me, too. <laughs> you already got me. <laughs> and in that dream, I was walking for the very first time, and I, I swear to you, I could feel myself 
literally walking in the dream. And I was walking with two of my friends. And in the dream, we rounded two curves. It was a, it was, there was a curve in the road and we rounded those two curves. And Johnny, I saw Christ. But when I saw him, when I saw him, he wasn't in the white robe. The way I saw him was, he was walking slowly, but he was also carrying the cross. And when we made eye contact, he slipped and he fell. And when he slipped, obviously he hit the he hit the pavement first, and then the cross fell on top of him. So when I saw this, Johnny, uh, for for the first time, I took off running. And again, keep in mind that I could literally feel myself running. That's awesome, Brian. And so, and so I got I got to, I got to Jesus, and I said, "Don't worry, Lord." I'm going to get this off of you. So I tried to lift it up on my own, but it was too heavy. So I motioned for my two friends who were behind me, and they finally caught up to us. And I said, we got to get this off of him. So the three of us lifted, and we got it off of him enough to the point where he could look up at me. That's awesome. No, don't and be. When, when when he looked up at me, his face was covered in asphalt from the road because the road was wet, and you know how fresh asphalt comes up when the when the road is freshly paved. Yep. But when he looked up at me, he said, instead of saying shame on you, why weren't you there when I fell? All he looked up to me and said was. I love you, 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 I love you. And then he disappeared. He disappeared, the cross disappeared, and after that happened, I woke up. And I tried to call my grandmother, but for 15 to 20 minutes, I had a frog in my throat. (laughs) <laughs> and finally I was able to call her and she came to my room and I explained to her what happened Johnny but what that dream told me is no matter what we're facing we're never alone that's right and God taught me that through that dream the best way I can describe it to people God was trying to teach me how to dance. And you know me, I've never taken a, a physical dance step <laughs> in my life. Hey. So once I realized that that's what I needed to do, God said, you were stepping on my toes. But if you let, <laughs> if you let me lead, yeah. and if you let me lead, this could be the most beautiful dance you will ever be a part of. And once I, I, re- I relinquished control of my own selfishness and of my own ability, 
and just surrendered everything to him. That's, I heard you say earlier that I have a perfect life. Well, that's the reason. I love it. Because my life is surrounded by the love of God. And, and I've never been more happy to, to let people know. I've never been ashamed to share the gospel. I love it. Hey, Brian. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I'm, and I'm going to let you talk as, for another 25 minutes, but I have to stop you right there because we have a lot more to do. We have to go to a commercial break, commercial break and then do another episode. If you would, stay on the online. We'll come back in about uh, two or three minutes, and uh, we'll talk about all of your accomplishments. Will you do that for me? Yeah, well, buddy. Sure. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Johnny D., the Motivational Cowboy. You just listened to Brian Brown. And I'll tell you what, we'll be back in just a couple minutes with episode number two with Mr. Brian Brown. I'm Johnny D., the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day.